I'd never really at that point been in a hot tub. Oh my God, it was gorgeous. Till I pressed the button. Oh. I pressed the button, I went out into the room to go and get champagne and to say to Chris, come and join me in the jacuzzi. It was gonna be so romantic until I walked back in and opened the door and it looked like an Ibiza phone party. <laughs> I was like panic struck. I kid you not, the bubbles were about a foot off the ceiling. The whole thing had gone up like raised like a meringue pudding. So I'm yelling to Chris and Chris comes in and he's just like, what have you done? I'm picturing the two of you basically tunneling through the, the bubbles even to get to the jets. Yeah. To get to the control. Naked. <laughs> Jump in with both feet. Go big, follow your dreams. Grab life by the reins. This is how we live. We're Kelly King and Andrea Wady, two horse trainers always looking for adventure and finding it. Join us for stories of dangerous travels, wild animals, new challenges, and in the end, always learning alongside our magnificent horses. So saddle up and follow along. You're listening to Grab Life by the Reins. it about us and airbnbs and fire alarms we've stayed in two in two weeks and managed to set the fire alarms off on both occasions i think they have the settings too low for sensitivity on the fire alarms no i think it's because you were burning the sausages <laughs> well they weren't sausages they were fake sausages that you were burning them but this airbnb is super pleasant unlike last week's what, you don't like going through Bilco doors to descend down a, a, a flight of 12 steps into your Airbnb? I honestly thought we were going to die. And I know I'm not, I, I make lots of jokes. Honest to God, I had it in my head, we were going to die. So we arrive, anyone in England, this is just not normal. I know it might be normal for you in America, it's not for us. So we pull up at this Airbnb that Callie had booked. And to be fair, the farm was really pretty, wasn't it? The farm was pretty. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit in the middle of nowhere. Well, that's an understatement. And the guy that walked out of the garage looked like a serial killer, but that's <laughs> another story. Well, we have to describe. So it was one of those styles where he was, he was balding in the middle and then the hair on both sides kind of just stood straight up. Yeah, he looked like a psychopath. Mm-hmm. Well, you were leading me in there, weren't you? Trying to kind of play down what you could see and I couldn't. Well, he led the way. <laughs> he met us outside of his garage around the little trail around the side of the house. And when I saw the doors, I, would, I just wanted to look back and see your face. I wanted to catch the moment that you saw where we were going. Did you know when you booked it? No, they were sneaky. They didn't say that it was in a basement. Psycho's basement. So we walk around the corner and Callie's giggling. And I'm looking going, well, I don't see where it is that we're staying. And she walks up to a flat floor that has doors in it. Yeah, in America, we call them Bilko doors. You don't have this in England? No, in England, you call them doors that if you go through there, you're going to die. A dungeon. 
A dungeon, exactly. So we have to pull open these doors and literally they creak like <laughs> And I'm looking, I was like, there's no way. And I honestly, I really actually was having an anxiety attack. I could feel the panic rising. I'm like, I can't stay here. I cannot stay here. And we go down there and Callie's like, you need to shut the doors behind you. I was like, why? Oh, in case the flood water comes yeah. in. <laughs> oh my god. It was raining pretty heavy that night, to be fair. We would have we would have had a wet floor if we didn't shut those doors. So I go back outside to make sure that we can open the doors from inside. You went off to the car to get something. She comes back in and like, where was I? On the kitchen oh, counter. Yeah, you were trying to open the window above the kitchen to see if we had an alternative escape. Yeah. And then we find out that there's a door that comes down from their house into our basement. So my thing, I'm envisaging, they're going to come down. They've stuck a stick through the Bilco doors. We're all dead. That's what my head was doing. Because you just, you don't belong underground. It's like, it's just not normal. And you don't charge people for the experience well, either. I, I did get really sick from that muffin that I ate. Remember I told that? You, I told you there was these two like random muffins on the countertop, what we call cupcake. Well, we call them muffins too. And I'm like, don't eat them. They might have drugged them. And that's how they're going to get us. And Callie's like, don't be so ridiculous. Eats the muffin. Yeah, well, what happened to you then? chucking your guts up an hour later but you didn't even know this until the morning but you did tell me that so we had that we had the the smoke alarm go off and there was the, <laughs> For no reason yeah and we did we smelled smoke we couldn't identify exactly Honestly. where it was coming from it's a disaster but finally it kind of dissipated we suspected maybe there was something on the stove so we, we could let it slide but then you woke up in the middle of the night second guessing yeah and came out to see if I was alive. I did. I was actually really scared. I was proper scared. I was just like, well, and I think I had reason because I'm telling you, the next morning there were jars of the previous Airbnb clients outside the garage. <laughs> that, that was pretty good. When, when you walk outside of your Airbnb and you see uh, a huge, huge metal cooker with about 20 jars of blood and gore unlabeled red sauce <laughs> if you're not used to pennsylvania farming it could raise some suspicions you think i literally there's a table outside with serial killer cooking something outside i'm like well that's the last airbnb people that's what's going to happen to us and even better than that we edged on to the killer cornfield oh yeah that's <laughs> <laughs> the corn is high these days but we survived to tell the story yeah, and it did teach me a lesson that, you know, different cultures. But honestly, I was proper scared. I was think I'd just done a bit of a number on myself. But I don't know. It's just you're going into other people's spaces, other people's homes. I do. I love it. But equally, it's a bit weird, isn't it? Well, Airbnbs are so common these days. Sorry. <clears throat> Damn phlegm. That's the rest of that muffin. <laughs> <laughs> Poison for life. Airbnbs are so common these days, and we stay in them all the time when we travel. But you told me a really good story of a jacuzzi Which in an one? Airbnb. Oh. <gasps> oh, no, that was so bad. So that was in Costa Rica, actually. 
and I think it was Chris's birthday and we were going to have a night away down the coast in an Airbnb. Oh my God, I'd forgotten about this. So it was called the Jungle Room and she had like a little guest house, but some people, it, when they have guest house, they put their rooms on Airbnb, don't they? And it was beautiful. It was like this corner room and everything was glass and looked out on the rainforest. It was absolutely beautiful. It had like this big double bed freestanding in the middle of the room and it was all glass windows. And in the bathroom, it had like this hot tub jacuzzi. I thought, oh my God, this is amazing. Also had windows out onto the forest and we were on the second floor. How romantic. Oh, it was so gorgeous. And we've been working really, really hard. Just lovely to have some time away. So Chris was like, I know that you love a hot bath. When I'm in England, I love a bath. You don't get baths in Costa Rica. So this hot tub in the bathroom was a treat. So we're running it with the hot water. And I just thought, oh, I love a bubble bath. Love a bubble bath. So I squeezed like shampoo in there to get bubbles. Oh, I just thought, oh, how lovely. I'd never really at that point been in a hot tub. I'll be honest. And this was a hot tub like with the jets. Yeah. You know, that squirt water and the whole, the whole deal. Okay. Oh, my God. It was gorgeous. Till I pressed the button. Oh, and it was, it was great. So it, the water was ready. I put the, the bubbles in. I pressed the button. I went out into the room to go and get champagne and to say to Chris, come and join me in the jacuzzi. It was going to be so romantic until I walked back in and opened the door and it looked like an Ibiza phone party. <laughs> and that shit got real. I was like panic struck. I kid you not, the bubbles were about a foot off the ceiling. The whole thing had gone up, like raised like a meringue pudding. So I'm yelling to Chris and Chris comes in and he's just like, what have you done? What have you done? So he's trying to turn the jets off. There's foam everywhere. I'm picturing the two of you basically tunneling through the, the bubbles even to get to the jets. Yeah. To get to the control. Naked. <laughs> Is it slippery? Is the floor slippery? No, 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 that, it hadn't really gone on the floor. It had just gone up, like up over the top of the jacuzzi and it was just growing. It was like a mad science experiment. So we're panicking. I'm like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We're going to, this is going to cost us a fortune. Do you know what I mean? Because we're in this closed unit now with this volcano of foam. So Chris had a brilliant idea. He said, scoop it up and throw it out the window. Genius. So there I am, butt naked, grabbing armfuls of foam and throwing it out the window. Now, I do pride myself on being an environmentalist. So I was a bit gutted about, you know, mm -hmm. polluting the rainforest. So I'm grabbing handfuls, throwing it out, throwing it out. So is Chris, who just can't stop laughing. And it becomes manageable. And we're like, so you got your romantic bath in. We did, actually. Nice. Yeah. But that's for the OnlyFans page. So we went downstairs in the morning because it's bed and breakfast. She's looking at us like stony faced. We're like, how does she know? How does she know? We're like, maybe she heard us. La, 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 la. No, her kitchen window was directly underneath our oh. bathroom window. And what time were you throwing bubbles? 
oh seven o'clock in the evening she's down there cooking meal the evening meal for her family and bubbles yeah from the hellish airbnb guests are flying yeah by (laughs) the bucket load all pouring down past her window well done yeah she wasn't best pleased but it was funny it i mean you know god you've got to laugh haven't you but we didn't go back we definitely did not go back so i have a uh, a story a li- much less romantic <laughs> but it also involves plumbing water <laughs> and uh, a rented home oh no so uh, i I, I worked a bit in real estate as I was getting my horse business started, my riding stable started. No way. And as part of that work, I happened to acquire a foreclosed property. So I was able to get it pretty cheap. Nice. So I found out about it. So I was working in, in the business, uh, got this place, got it fixed up, rented it to my first tenants. You know, so I was really excited, really proud. Feeling very, very accomplished. accomplished. Very proud that I was a landlord of all things. Well, how old were you then? I was 22. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. So got this place. First tenants move in. About two months after they moved in, I get a call. You got to come down. We've got a problem with the plumbing. Toilet won't flush. Oh, no. Okay. I've heard this is the stereotypical, you know, you're a landlord. You got to go fix the toilet. So I loaded up my truck with my plunger and various equipment and drove down, confident that I would be able to figure this out and fix it. So this is an, an old home with the old uh, like copper main oh, that yeah. goes out, you know, to the to the street plumbing, to the street sewer line. So I get down there and I'm like, okay, well what's what's going on? It won't flush. Yeah, they're like, it, it won't flush. So I walk in and I noticed that there was a strange odor in the home. Oh no, don't. And then I noticed that there was shavings upstairs. Shavings like horse shavings that you put in a stall. Like wood shavings. Wood chips, yeah. Yeah, so I'm a farm girl. I know what wood shavings look like. And I also then placed the smell to birds of some variety. Oh, no. Like an aviary. Like an aviary. So my tenants had decided to raise ducks in the home, (gasps) in the upstairs closet. Like you do. Like you do (laughs) when you live in a townhome. Oh, no. And they were disposing of the duck manure mixed with shavings in the toilet. What is wrong with people? And flushing it. So. Oh, no. Did you kick them out? Oh, well, first I had a lot of cleaning to do. I wanted to just take a break in recording to tell you about my book. Crossing Bridges is about my journey coast to coast in Costa Rica with my friends and rescue horses. This was life-changing, life-affirming and made me rethink what horses were capable of. Crossing Bridges. It's a great read. I hope you enjoy it. I decided, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to trace this line. Now I know there's, obviously I know what the problem is. My, my lines are clogged with duck shit. Nice. But I thought, well, maybe I can, maybe and I the can old still feather. fix this. <laughs> the odd feather. So I went down. I knew where, um, where to open up the line, where it rent out to the street. Like I went down in the basement, you know, the place yeah. to open it. So I go down there with my big old pipe wrench, crank it open. And all of a sudden 
it comes flying out of there. No. It was buckets upon buckets. It ended up because it was so backed up and they're up on the second floor. So we've got like 30 foot, at least 40 foot of pipe that had been filling. Oh, and it's under pressure at this point. Under pressure. The whole basement filled up to about four inches (gasps) of backed up sewage. Oh, (laughs) no. Oh, horrendous. So I had a lot of cleaning to do. I had a call to a real plumber to pay to fix all of the damage that had been done. Did your tenants have to pay for that? I tried to get it out of them, but my uh, novice landlording skills, I didn't end up getting the whole bill recouped. Uh, I did get the ducks kicked out of the closet. (laughs) They rehomed the ducks. Oh my god. They stayed for another six months and then they they rehomed themselves as well. <laughs> oh my god. Plumbing, that's a job, isn't it? Gosh. Yeah. Thank God for all the plumbers in the world that come and rescue us at situations like that. Actually, didn't you have a plumbing issue this week? I came round the corner in the field and you you were fixing something <laughs> and you she'd put like the Bellagio fountain in the middle of the horse field. Yeah, that's what happens when you uh, go to fix a float on an automatic water. And instead of fixing it, you end up just pulling off the whole mechanism and water sprays everywhere. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Well, there's a bit of a theme here, Callie, of you fixing things yourself. I mean, I applaud that. I do applaud that. But what, what sort of success rate have you got at this point? In the end, it gets fixed. It does, yeah. Maybe not very efficiently. Yeah. I get the job done. You get the job done. We always used to have a problem actually with water in Costa Rica because obviously it rains like you cannot imagine if you haven't lived in the tropics. The rainy season rain is literally like someone turning a hose on you. And I can remember when we were first setting up the, the trekking business and we used to have to dig trenches everywhere to move water to make sure it kept flowing. Otherwise, everything would flood. And it was this day was raining so hard and Chris could see that the water was coming up over the trenches and it had filled up with silt. He was like, we got to do this now. I'm like, oh my gosh. So I have shorts and a t-shirt on because even though it's raining, it's still really warm. Wellies, you know, what do you call wellies? I would call them muck boots. Muck boots. Okay. Or rain boots. Rain boots. Okay. Wellies in England. So I'm out there in my muck boots, tiny shorts, little vest top, digging for all I'm worth. Chris is around the other side of the tack shed doing his thing. And I'm just looking, I'm looking at myself, everything, my clothes are just wringing wet. It is like someone had just turned a tap on my head. And I thought, that sounds like you were ready for the OnlyFans page. I I literally was. It wasn't invented then, but if it had, I might have made a fortune because I was a lot younger. Farmer Girl's wet t-shirt contest. Absolutely. Well, Chris came round. He was digging faster than me and he comes round and he just looks at me and is like, oh dear God, there I was, butt naked, in my welly boots, digging my little trench like a trooper because I'm like, well, what's the point of having these clothes on? It's just pointless and it's making me cold. So I took off the clothes, stood in my gum boots and dug a trench like a good farm girl. <laughs> I love it. When all else fails, get naked. Well, why not, hey? 
naked in the rainforest, digging a trench. There's worse things you can do in life. Mosquitoes might have been a pain. Not in that rain, they'd have drowned. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they'd have drowned. Better for you. Thank you for listening to Grab Life by the Rains. If you want to see ridiculous photos from our adventures, be the first to know when we release new episodes and be a part of more shenanigans, join our email family at grablifebytherains.com. We'll see you in the next program. <laughs>